Hibiscus, am I correct? Yes, so we are pairing this episode Hibiscus to you with the classic Dracula. Dun, dun, dun. So, tell us a little bit more about why you connected Hibiscus with Dracula. We'll go right ahead and actually continue with that, with that subject of the book later. Okay, I was actually introduced to a really awesome infusion blend with Candice, who um, I am happy to say will be coming on board as our mixologist, which will be doing plenty of tea infusions in our later episodes, but uh, she makes this really traditional hibiscus liqueur, and it's infused with dark rum and hibiscus left to cure for a while, and it quite comes out like blood. We were taking blood shots this weekend and it was really cool so I never really thought about it I also have my own blend that I jokingly call blood which will be the non-alcoholic version I will be putting both recipes on our blog posts that's coming up this week stay tuned for that um, as well as some awesome photos you can see how dark and bloody these come out so what exactly um, does hibiscus taste you know to uh, to, to our non-drinkers here Hibiscus is actually a very popular note, particularly in herbal teas. Uh, it's very tart. It's got almost like a... If you've ever had like sour cherry, like a warhead, that's hibiscus. I mean, it's not as sour, but it has that very sour taste to it. But most cultures like to infuse it with honey, or they like to make spritzers out of it. I know at my wedding, we had a hibiscus uh, toast where we did um, syrup-infused hibiscus flowers with club soda, because I had a tea-themed wedding, of course, right? The tea attic over here. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was something we, we loved. But hibiscus is very famous in notes with tisanes. Tisanes are a type of herbal tea which are made out of dried fruits and berries. Hibiscus is actually a flower, so it's, it's really fascinating. Well, when was the first time you actually tasted hibiscus? I think the first time I acknowledged hibiscus and I liked hibiscus was I had it mixed with a green tea and it just did this really pleasant like tart punch. Nice. So um, it's also really fun with punch. A lot of people like to blend it in that. So there's so many different ways you can do it. Okay. <laughs> I think that is the first one though. So. In that case, this is why you actually chose it, to pair with Braun Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, I mean, most people think red wine, red everything, blood, yada yada. But um, hibiscus is a very surprising dark red, and it's got that bitter sweetness to it that I think goes really well with that type of title. Being that, is that how you... Uh, explain Dracula? Is that how you feel when you read the book? 
Well, I started reading the book because I really wanted to continue my, I guess, vampire journey. A lot of people that know me, which I'm going to confess right now, everyone, I am actually uh, addicted to Dark Shadows. And I'm currently going through the 1966 classic. So I'm on episode 500 right now, or coming close to it, but I'm roughly in those episodes. And um, they introduced one of the most popular characters from Dark Shadows, which is Barnabas, and how he became a vampire. It's a little campy, it's a little cheesy. It's my total pick-me-up after the end of a bad day. I will totally binge Dark Shadows any day. Um, for those of you, next to reading a book, of course. But I was just in a recently in kind of a dark place, and I just kind of wanted to let my... I guess my dark side go and I said you know what now's the time to read Dracula and I'm really glad I did it's a horror it's from the horror gothic genre um, it's kind of one of those markers for the gothic genre okay um, and you know there's, there's a reason why a lot of films have been made based off of it but I really liked how Bram Stoker kind of brought in that I guess that classic fare that you can only get from Victorian fiction which I love but also I really love how he built a sense of suspense with first-person perspective through journal entries everything is written through journal entries of all the various characters so really cool kind of brings you back it takes you to another world. Um, it goes through all of uncharted Europe, as they called it in the book. So you have Budapest and Varna and parts of Russia. And it's super exciting that way. And it also goes into classic London. When you go right ahead and say take you back, uh, are you also talking about like the style? Was this uh, the Victorian? A little bit of everything. So um, some of the cool little things in Dracula that I really liked is um, the different types of journal entry. They have the classic writing. And then um, Dr. Seward, which is actually the doctor that's in charge of an insane asylum there, is one of the characters. He actually talks through his, what do you call it? I think it's a silograph. Um, well, it's just basically the old gramophone they record on old wax, but it was super cool because it had all these different tools, all these different methods. Um, they even had classic telegrams to kind of push the story through. Later in the story, I don't want to spoil anything for everybody, but they even result into um, seeing what other characters are doing through hypnosis. So I won't tell you which characters, but it's pretty cool. Now, when you actually talk about the horror genre, is it anything like, you know, our geek genre right now? I mean, does it feel like less, how shall I say, refined or complex when it comes down to writing styles and storytelling? So it's interesting you brought that up because I have yet to read them, but I found out that um, due to the popularity, Bram Stoker actually wrote a series of vampire stories after Dracula, and uh, it continues the universe, but it really became a bit of an occult following. That's interesting, because all we know is Dracula. Yes. So I didn't know that either. Um, it wasn't until I read the biography and it really got me. I know that one of them, which I'm really curious about, is I think a lot of the characters gather together on like a dinner feast and there's like a weird conversation about the undead and vampires and whatnot. So 
I'm curious to see how that goes. <laughs> and I will definitely report uh, listeners uh, once I finish reading some of those novels. Well, that's the interesting thing. In the story, it's not just vampires. Like, we all have this weird idea that perhaps werewolves have their own stories and such. No, okay, so that was another interesting thing, is um, some of Dracula's powers were not what I expected. Uh, It's interesting how he became this dark force to be reckoned with. One of the things he does is he can actually climb walls, he can control the storms, the night. He has power over all of wildlife, like rats and rodents, and particularly near his castle wolves. When he has prisoners, or if he wants anyone to be in prison, even if they try to escape, he will send the wolves on them. Uh, Another thing he does that's super cool is um, he actually has deals with the local gypsies, so they do his bidding for him. When you say deals, how, how is that? Uh, they don't go into a lot of detail in the book, but from what I understand is the gypsies are indentured servants to Dracula. So anything he needs done outside of the castle or beyond, he can actually have them do it like his arms and hands. When we actually watch anything Dracula, like from Penny Dreadful and as far as all the little funny parodies that we've had, Redfield seems to be a recurring character. Do we ever get that right, or do you think we just fantasize about what he must have been like? Uh, Renfield is really fascinating to me, because Renfield, in my opinion, slightly reflects the fear of atheism becoming popular in the Victorian era, because he bases his character solely on survival of the fittest when he eats the bugs he has this really interesting monologue about the procession and order of things and becoming superior so you could really see that phobia transcribed onto the character and a lot of philosophies were going around at the time like freudism and darwinism and what have you so you could really see that almost that psychosis as they wanted to portray it in renfield I have to hand it to Penny Dreadful, because yes, I've watched the whole series. Very accurate, if not accurate, to the book. Um, Lots of really wonderful homages to the characters in Dracula. I really have to hand it to him. I think that the portrayal of the character Dracula, the Count in in itself, in Penny Dreadful, was just phenomenal. Even down to the way he looks. That's fantastic. We've had many renditions about vampires, and we've gone as far as, you know, shiny characters that seem to walk in the daylight. I mean, is this is this too far off, or can vampires actually walk in the daylight? It's pretty far off. Very far off. In fact, in the Dracula series, um, or in the novel, he can't even get out of his coffin until nightfall. It's crucial that he has his coffin. That is an actual rule. We're not just, like, playing with guidelines here. Right. Okay, okay. Well, snuggling up to Hibiscus, Mm -hmm. do you feel like a vampire when you read and drink at the same time? Yeah, I could say I do. Uh, So, funny thing, my Hibiscus infusion, which is non-alcoholic, I buy these red rose petals off Wholesale Market. And a lot of people don't like them in drinks because 
Uh, what you normally see in a lot of blends, particularly even like our daydreamers, we use a lot of what's the pink roses. Uh, pink roses dry to a nice dark pink, almost red color. Um, but once you once you dry red, it comes out black. A lot of people do not like to use them for that reason, but they taste just the same. So I like to throw my crimson rose petals into my hibiscus and I boil them for quite some time. I like mine nice and thick and they come out that nice blood color. And what I actually like to use to sweeten it is um, rose syrup. So it's my take on it is a very romantic take on my blends. It's like a rose petal hibiscus infusion. Lots of floral notes there. But I love drinking that with my when I read my books, particularly my gothic books. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> Going on with uh, the idea of vampirism, mm -hmm. do you recommend others to actually do what you do, drinking hibiscus with uh, Dracula? It definitely sets the mood. I really wanted to bring this episode out for everyone that's looking for a quick drink, um, maybe for their Halloween party or those people that are staying in. Uh, definitely give hibiscus a try. It is an acquired taste, I'm going to warn you. So I do recommend that you put a little honey into it. Honey is the most popular to mix with it. However, you can do just classic sugar or agave. I have a blend that I like to use when I work out, which is an, a hibiscus, which is another red blend, but I love it with stevia. Play around with it. Some people like to boil it a little less tart. Some people love it really tart. I'm one of those people that love it super tart, but it's up to you. That's lovely. That's lovely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that catch us next episode on Bilius Sinensis. And we're going to end this episode. We actually have shots of Candace's uh, hibiscus liqueur. <laughs> and uh, we'll finish with the notes and we will see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.